ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's a playoff game and it was a fun game to play in. The intensity level was there. So job well done to the NBA adding this type of excitement in November because uh, it'll be some dark days in November. That is Warriors legend Draymond Green talking about the NBA Cup, the Basketball League's new in-season tournament. When the NBA announced they would be reimagining or copying soccer comps like the FA Cup and the European Champions League, there was a level of scepticism. Some argued that repainted courts and special jerseys that were part of the new dynamic were just versions of lipstick on a pig. Now, the consensus is it has reinvigorated one of the biggest leagues in sport. How does it work? Why does it work? What are the lessons for other codes? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Phil Murphy is an ESPN veteran. You've probably seen him reporting from countless high-stakes NBA games or presenting SportsCenter. Phil, we're here to talk about the NBA's in-season tournament, the NBA Cup. Can you just explain what this is and how it works? Yeah, it's the NBA's iteration of some of the league cups you see in, in European football. You know, the FA Cup or the DFB Pokal in Germany or Copa del Rey in Spain. An in-season competition that, unlike those, most of it counts toward the regular season game total. In the NBA, 82 regular season games are played. And some players have uh, taken to load management playing fewer games or playing fewer minutes to keep themselves as fresh as possible for games of consequence in the playoffs in April, May, and June. So now that the the excitement of the new season is kind of worn off, in this time, this pre-Christmas, pre-turn of the calendar year, some of these games the NBA found it just lacked some fan interest, lacked some player interest, and the NBA, to its credit, is always trying to innovate. So for a few years, they've been kicking around this idea, and this is the inaugural season in which they have an in-season tournament. They pooled the teams based on prior season records to try and make even groups. They had a group draw, six groups of five teams each, three from each conference. They did a, a, a round robin to determine a group winner. They took the best runner-up based on point differential, and now we're into the the quarterfinals, the final round of games that actually count still toward a team's 82 game total. Now it's at a point where the players have monetary incentive. So teams that have reached the quarterfinal, every player gets $50,000. If they reach the semifinal, it goes up to $100,000 US. You can do the conversion rate. And then it goes to $250,000. If they reach the final, $500,000 US per player for the winning team. Play the games on your schedule. When you got a chance to make some extra money and go to Vegas, you want to take advantage of that. And I think for us, we did. And it was nice to play in a playoff atmosphere on the road against a really good team, a well-coached team. So there's monetary incentive for these teams to do well, to continue on. And for some teams that have had something of a mediocre start to this season, it gives them an opportunity to, I don't want to say play for something, but have games of high stakes. You've seen the Indiana Pacers uh, be a team that's 20 games. They're not standing out on the ladder in the Eastern Conference, but they're one of the most exciting teams in the in-season tournament. Breakthrough moment for this upstart Indiana Pacers team. They knock off Boston in the first ever knockout game of the in-season tournament. They picked good days to have good days. So it's it's added a, a level of intrigue to a number of these games on the Tuesdays and Fridays locally here in the U.S. And now that we're into the knockout phase of things, these teams share the spotlight with nobody. At the quarterfinals, semifinal, and final stage, the semifinals and finals in Las Vegas, there are no other games going on. So the league can watch, they can appreciate the showcase, 
And uh, so far, it's been it's been a huge success. Fans have really seemed to to take on to it. And uh, like the new courts, they, they redesigned the court differently for these games. The teams have unique jerseys for these games as well. All aboard, the, the, the NBA has done a really good job of marketing it and making these games feel special. It sounds as though an idea designed to make a generally sleepy part of the season more relevant is definitely working. Was there scepticism about whether it would work? And has there been any hate as the in-season tournament has rolled on? Well, there's always skepticism with anything new. I mean, you know, think about any time your favorite social media platform is redesigned. You know, people are up in arms and they get out their pitchforks and, and things like that. And a lot of people, I think they just didn't think the players would buy in. But that hasn't been the case. You know, when the player steps on the floor, the aesthetic is different straight away. Some of the courts are very loud. <laughs> I think that might have been a criticism. You turn on the TV and you're used to kind of that wooden color hue. These courts, I mean, they catch your eye, especially teams that have red or bright blue as a, as a dominant color. But other than that, I mean, the, any skepticism has quickly waned because the players seem to care about this. Expectation is to win. Um, we're coming out here. We're a young, hungry group and we want to win every night. So uh, we're excited to be there, but we're not just going place and being there we want to win and the fans especially care about this the environments have been terrific i was in milwaukee for the first game between the bucks and the knicks and they had shirts on the back of every seat like it was a playoff game and make no mistake these games don't have a playoff feel but they are somewhere between a regular season game and a playoff game which I think is a realistic goal for what the NBA wanted to accomplish here. And we'll see once we get to a Vegas championship round and a single elimination championship where players are playing to increase their stake from 250000 to $500,000 this weekend, you may see a game that actually does have a playoff feel. And, and you know, the showcase in, in the entertainment capital of the world that is Las Vegas, who knows? I mean, we could be talking, you know, we could talk this time next week and say, well, the stock's even higher for this in-season tournament. So I think all things considered, it's been a success. The only bit of criticism has been for a tiebreaker in determining the wild card. What they determined, what they utilized to determine the last wild card team was overall point differential. So you had a situation in some of these final group stages where, you know, the Celtics were ahead by 20 and they thought they needed to win by 30 or 35. So they're still kind of running up the score and fouling their opponents as if they're losing. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Celtics all in on in-season tournament right now. All in on point differential. This is awesome to see. I, I had no idea how they were going to play this out. In those small cases, it didn't look like basketball. But if we're talking the biggest critique is tiebreaker adjustment. For me, year one of the in-season tournament is a win. In soccer equivalents, like you touched on, things like the FA Cup. As you sort of said, it can give emerging teams or non-title contenders the chance to be relevant or announce themselves as a group of players that is coming of age. Can you talk to us about the Indiana Pacers or the New Orleans Pelicans because they seem the best examples of this that have been able to electrify their fan bases? Yeah, I mean, I'll talk in particular about Tyrese Halliburton, the young point guard for the Pacers. Trying to shake Holiday off-balance three and how he's performed on a team that is the highest scoring team in the NBA. I mean, every time you turn on a Pacers game, it's it just looks like they got to play an extra quarter. You know, the score is 141 to 131. And just wow, you know, if you if you play fantasy sports, it's like that's that's fun. But 
Other than that, they don't really jump out. They're not on, you know, national TV, your games that we broadcast on ESPN four days a week in Australia. You don't see a lot of the Pacers. You just kind of see them turn up and get these results. Well, they've been magnificent in the in-season tournament, and in particular in their quarterfinal against one of the pillar franchises of the league, the Boston Celtics, a game that was close all the way. Tyrese Halliburton, this young emerging point guard who leads the league in assists, he's one of the top 10 scorers in the NBA, he had his first career triple-double, and he was an absolute superstar. Halliburton trapped, off-balance three, and he puts it in, and a chance at four. Hit a three-pointer and one that proved the game-winning basket in the final moments, and he took that that mantle. Now, now he's got a face. He has a performance that people are going to remember. And now the Pacers are a story. So you see them on the ladder, whereas before you would have overlooked them completely. They've got a platform. They're going to Vegas. They're, they're playing in one of the semifinals. Even if they lose that game, I, I think the Pacers have, have put themselves on the radar. You think this crowd's excited about this team? <laughs> and they should be, because they play an exciting brand of basketball. And- we saw a similar situation with the Phoenix Suns in the NBA bubble when everybody came back you know, after the COVID stoppage in 2020, and they were one of those also teams that was included because they were close enough to be competitive. They did go 8-0, and they did fall short of the playoffs, but it got a lot of people's attention. Like, this team is up and coming. And what happened the next year? The Suns in that scenario were in the NBA Finals. So the Pacers are one of those emerging teams. They're a team with a young core. They have a young superstar in Tyrese Halliburton. And they've put themselves on the radar to let the rest of the league know this is a franchise worth watching. And frankly, I would be surprised if we didn't see more of the Pacers on national TV. Australian sports constantly looking to the US and Europe for ways that we can innovate. I mean, administrators from the NRL, AFL, cricket, they will all be taking notice of what's happening here. And what I want to ask you is, do you think this could work for a league or a sport that has much fewer fixtures? Because it strikes me that the reason this works in the NBA is because they have 82 regular season games to play with. And they're actually there was a problem that actually needed solving. Yeah, I think in that regard, it it would be tough. It would need to be a separate, I think it would need to be a separate competition when, you know, much like the NFL, there's 17 regular season games apiece. We don't need to break off games. Every game is consequential. There's no load management in the NFL. And much like rugby league or Aussie rules, there's no, there's not really much load management unless somebody's taking a knock and they need an extra day to get fit or extra week to get fit. I mean, that's, that's reasonable, but you don't have situations in which a guy is healthy and just taking a day off because he's played three games in five days and his, you know, his knee's a little sore. It's not really like that. I honestly, it's probably warrants a different conversation, but I think American sport should be taking more from Australian sport. When, when the festival of footy was going on, I was saying the NFL should do that during, you know, coming back from COVID fans weren't allowed in stadiums they should be playing every day of the week and they would just own the TV space and the ratings similarly in the NFL we're saying how do we reform extra points and they ended up pushing them back 13 yards I said treat it like rugby union you know somebody gets a try why they're, they're taking the kick at a, at a kind of a funky angle how fun would it be in the NFL if somebody dives over the pylon good explanation Edelman and he dives to the pylon Touchdown! Great, good on you. Well, now your kicker's got to kick kick one from the sidelines to get the extra point with no rush. I think you know anybody with more of a, a world sport palette would would benefit. Though specifically in this case, if you're talking in season tournament formats for rugby league, Aussie rules, some of those competitions, cricket, it, it's tough to say when fixtures are so few and far between insignificant. 
this isn't necessarily a problem they do have, but if there are things they can take away from the in-season tournament, and I know sometimes there are indigenous jerseys and things like that to pay tribute or, or raise money or raise funds. The NBA has done great with, you know, changing the field, make it look a little different for, for, for this a special cause. It's a blank canvas for them. So, I mean, maybe maybe something along those lines for games of significance, derbies or things like that. But in-season tournament, I don't know if it would completely translate because this is a problem that it, the NBA had because there are just so many regular season games. Somebody, a, a star taking off five of 82 isn't seen as significant in the long run for teams with title aspirations. That was the initial problem the league set out to, to resolve. And I think to this point, they've done that. It's been fascinating to watch it all unfold. Phil, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. Always great to chat. Headlines. And we've been talking about the NBA Cup, so we should tell you some of the results. Milwaukee dispatched New York. The Bucks will take on the emerging Indiana Pacers in the semis as a consequence. At time of publish, on the other side of the draw, the LA Lakers and Phoenix Suns were in a fierce battle. The winner of that will play New Orleans for a place in the final. Football and the Tillies have played their final game of an eventful 2023, closing out the year with a 1-0 loss against Canada in Vancouver. Coach Tony Gustafsson had been under a little bit of heat coming into this game following a 5-0 defeat in the previous friendly against Canada. We're going to dig a little deeper into that tomorrow. And the Prime Minister's 11 versus Pakistan was seen as a batting competition largely between Cameron Bancroft, Marcus Harris and Matt Renshaw with the David Warner test slot due to open up later this summer. Sadly for that trio, the tourists won the toss and had a bat instead. So those gents will have to wait. Shah Massoud already passed 100 as we went to air. 23-year-old Victorian quick Jordan Buckingham had two wickets, including the prized scalp of Babar Azam for 40. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to ESPN, TNT and CBS for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.